you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, everybody. Before we get to the show, a little update about what's going on in the world. People affected by severe weather and other disasters need help now to support those impacted by Hurricane Laura. Text Laura, L-A-U-R-A, to 90999 to give $10 to the American Red Cross Hurricane Laura Relief. Okay, let's get to the show. Would be my first overall pick in a fantasy draft. Oh, that's nice. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, coming to you from a virtual room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal, and our old buddy, the great Steve Weish. What's up, boys? Coming What's up, that, fantasy man? spectacular little little pop there. Not, nothing's happened in the world or uh, in sports or the NFL since that fantasy spectacular. Right? Not at all. You, you haven't been busy at all on NFL Network. Nah, nah. I mean, nothing, nothing in pro sports whatsoever. Especially the NBA, boy. Mm-hmm. Been quiet. Nothing at all. Yeah. That's actually if well, you can't see it, listeners, but we're on a video stream while we're doing this. And they Steve is in front of what I imagine to be his bed. They just moved that to NFL Network and he just sleeps in that. <laughs> they put it in the green room and then they wake Steve up and then have him anchor another seven hours of either hard hitting news analysis or major social events. And they just have Steve at the front of it at all times. I'm sure it's not at all a grind for you this summer and spring, Steve. Hey, look, there's a difference between a job and there's a difference between work. Um, so what I am doing <laughs> is is a job, and the NFL Network is definitely keeping me in a specific lane. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they they in a specific I lane, could, too. I couldn't help it. You've couldn't been here a long time. Obvious. You've been at the network <laughs> since the beginning, right? No, no, I came in in uh, – when did I start? In 05. So I think I was three years after the found, the founding. Yeah, well, there hasn't. I mean, there's never been a. 
You haven't had a, you have never seen a summer like this, or you never seen programming no. like this. I get that that hits me watching it yesterday, and you did an awesome job. You know, some of the in, interviews, like with with Derek Kendricks, were you know emotional. It, they were a lot. They were impactful. And but watching it, I just thought, man, NFL Network is different than it was, you know, three or four years ago at this time. And if, in if nothing else, that's some that's some change. You know, if like if racial progress in this country is like an ocean liner, it's like that that's it moving a little bit because I I would have never imagined like some of just the, the programming that we've had, and I know a lot of people are are proud of that. I would never would have imagined that being possible on NFL Network a few years back. No, look, I, I, let's go back just four years to this past Wednesday through August 26th, right? That's when Colin Kaepernick sat for the national anthem at the game I was at, the preseason game against the Packers up at Santa Clara. Um, and, of course, that's what started the whole um, protesting, you know, racial injustice during the national anthem. And the crap we had to go through just to have that discussion Everything had to be run up 15 levels of chains. Like, why can't we just have a discussion? And so you talk about an evolution. So now it's just like, hey, let's have an idea. Let's discuss it. You guys are pretty much green-lighted. I mean, still, as we know at our network and and where we work, some things do have to go through a lot of clearance. That's at any workplace. Um, But, you know, again, that, that is an evolution that you talked about an ocean liner moving racial progress, at least in terms of programming, this is more like been a speedboat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I will, I will give uh, the network and the NFL credit for that. I think some of the genesis for that were the, you know, company wide zoom calls that you, you hosted along with MJ, some of that. And it was just very real raw, uh, life experiences on there and it kind of blew the walls down there was no i did i just felt like that it was a turning point to some degree where it's like we're not going to turn around and it's not going to be 2015 with all this red tape to get stuff on the air at this point it's going to be real or i think people are going to jump ship or just wait for it to die down and Uh then wait it out and then move up let's get back to football uh i'm totally with you on that Hmm. uh steve so obviously great to talk to you about all this stuff but also you are such a great football reporter. So as much time as you have today, uh, we're going to kind of spin through what's going on in the league. If you, if you got to jump off, if they, if they yank you and say, we need you back in the studio to anchor 14 straight hours, we got you. If you want to hang in for half an hour, that would be awesome too. Uh, so I'm here for you guys. Don't worry about it. You just, you know, I'm here (laughs) all the bandwidth you need. I got, I got you. (laughs) All right. You're the man. All right, let's get into it. So the last time, uh, we spoke to you. We did a, our standard Monday news show and then the fantasy extravaganza, which you could check out, of course, right now if you have a fantasy draft coming up Wednesday. So we didn't hit any news and then everything exploded, uh, in this country again. There was, uh, the terrible police shooting of Jacob Blake in Wisconsin, uh, that has really upset a lot of people in this country and the NBA, uh, had a historic moment on Wednesday when in the middle of their playoffs, in the middle of a bubble uh, down in Orlando where all the teams are, uh, there was essentially a walkout and a decision was made uh, by the teams that were scheduled on Wednesday and the league players in general that were not playing while all this is going on uh, in our world and it affects obviously black players so much and all of us. And then the NFL, the next day, practices start to be uh, canceled. In fact, nine teams uh, had their practices 
canceled. Uh, Bears, Jets, Packers, Colts, Titans, Broncos, Cardinals, Chargers, and the Washington football team. They did not practice Thursday in response to the shooting. On Friday, the Ravens didn't practice and announced that they were going to have a hold a unifying session about social justice reform. It's all at the forefront. And, uh, Steve, what have you taken out of the last 72 hours and not just the NFL world but the sports world here? Well, look, it's – there's always been this kind of simmering discussion, right, with the NFL being 70% black and the NBA being, what, 80, 80% black and these, these uh, professional sports. What would happen if these players of color decided to strike, so to speak? They're going to withhold their services. Everything pretty much other than the NHL and the NASCAR opposite of Bubba Wallace would come to a screeching halt. So what we've seen – these athletes do. And some people are like, well, what does missing a practice actually do for, you know, leveling the playing field, so to speak? Well, it gets people once again talking about something. So, and I said this on air yesterday, let's, let's give these athletes credit all summer long. They've heard the discussion. We need sports to give America a distraction. We need something to take us away from the constant discussion about, you know, this, this racial tempest, you know, the societal ills, so these athletes said, okay, we've given you that. We've given, you know, we, There's been the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball and whatnot, but yet we have another police shooting. We've got a 17-year-old white kid shooting protesters uh, with an armed rifle that apparently his mother helped him get and, and drove him across state lines to execute. So we're going to step back uh, from sports. So you don't have that distraction. So we have to focus on these conversations one more time, because there is an election coming up in a couple of months um, where maybe you can vote out some district attorneys who are not holding police officers accountable. There are things that um, these players are trying to draw attention to because, you know, you, you hear a lot of these athletes who saying, what is what is what's going on? We've been we've been in the streets for months. We've been doing this and they're still shooting unarmed black people, the, the law enforcement. And so there's a sense of frustration there as well. But, I mean, that's where some of these conversations the teams are having, saying, look, this isn't necessarily as, as much as we want it to be short-term. This could be a long-term play, too. This is why you have to educate. And this is why you have to take a step back. And as Troy Vincent, the NFL's senior vice president of football operations, said on an ESPN radio interview yesterday, if you don't think NFL players aren't talking about missing ball games." then you're wildly naive. Mm. Um, Jim Trotter had a tweet this morning saying that he has heard from players saying this conversation is going on. So could you imagine after a whole summer of the NFL coming up with all these plans to play football during COVID and no fans in the stadium, that if all of a sudden the players pulled out the trap door and said, we're not taking the field, it would be gutting. And you talk about mm. enhancing conversation and potential action and stoking emotions, um, that would be a trigger. Mm. And again, let's let's not think if if all of a sudden something else happens and police officers aren't uh, arrested or, or, or nothing is taken into account, it's it's a different day. We talked about it is a different day, and this could absolutely happen. And, and the the players' voices are so powerful together. I, and I think part of it is, you know, with people wondering what, what can you accomplish by sitting out? Well, I'll, there's a lot of people that 
aren't listening. They don't have any black people in their life to listen to. It's going to be athletes. I mean, they, this is the conversation that wouldn't be happening in a lot of places if it wasn't for sports. And when people say like, well, what, what's the actual action? Like, are, is anyone paying attention here? Like the NBA literally just uh, announced that they're going to agree to essentially require any NBA arenas, um, which the owner of the team, you know, owns, um, to open up and be a voting facility. Like, like the work that LeBron has done there um, is happening. And all these players, which which we try to highlight sometimes, but we know it's not football, but they're doing a ton of things in their community. And they're just trying to get people to listen. And I think that that's effective, you know, on um, a grassroots level, but it's also just effective, like emotionally. I think if anyone's listening, you know, just listening to these people, to um, Eric Hendricks, for instance, you know, talk about his pain. And so how can you not be affected by that? And so that's, I think, reaching people that otherwise would maybe not have black voices uh, in their lives. And, and that's a, that's a powerful thing when, when they stand together, because I think you look at the ownership level and people are saying, okay, well, what are the NFL owners going to say? You know, cause we haven't heard a ton from them. Well, you look at the Ravens, that's the team. Who, who released the statement with some very specific, you know, requests. And that's a team, you know, they asked Mitch McConnell to bring the George, George Floyd Justice and Policing Act um, to the Senate floor. That's very specific. And some people might think it's political. Well, the, the leadership of that team in terms of, you know, ownership and coaches and stuff, to me that they're saying it's not political because they're from different sides of the aisle. If you want to look at it that way, like yep. they're talking to their players, but they're, they're not necessarily voting the same way that their players vote, but they're saying, this is just not shooting unarmed black people. This is human rights. You know what, you know, this isn't like a, a political statement. And for that organization to move from to that statement from three years ago, at this very time, their team president was saying in a public forum that they asked sponsors and their fans whether they should sign Kaepernick or not as an excuse sort of to, to not sign Kaepernick after, you know, John Harbaugh was pretty clear he wanted to. I mean, that that's change. I mean, that that's having a, a pretty big impact on a pretty big um, organization that has, has a lot of say in the city of Baltimore. I mean, there is, there's, there are no black owners and it took the NFL 100 years to hire the first black team president. So, I mean, there's, it's totally discordant with the fact, and Steve, just like you said, I mean, the communities where 75 or 85% of these players, many of them come from, are unrecognizable to, to, to what the owners grew up dealing with and many executives. And I do see one thing that I find encouraging is, I mean, I think the coaches were in a real different place a couple of years ago. Mm. I had talked to one head coach, you know, and this doesn't happen often, but he basically unloaded on the Kaepernick situation. And basically we, he said, this is a distraction to us. We don't want to deal with that kind of stuff. I see coaches today uh, listening and interacting with their players. And even those teams that didn't cancel practice, they took time and a lot of time and will continue to to say, where are we on this? You look at the Titans, the message they put out as a team. That was very powerful visually to see that. And, you know, their players are powerful. They have, they have, this has swung in their favor. And I think that's so different than the NFL that I grew up watching. And, you know, I can only imagine where we'll be a couple months from now because I, I have grown more. I think when this started, and Steve, we had you on uh, right after, you know, the George Floyd 
incident that I thought, oh, this is very hopeful. All this is happening. You kind of, you know, stepped down and said, I don't, I'm not there yet. I don't think we necessarily can just say everything's going to change for the better. And I have come to agree with that in the sense that it's not an, a matter of, of if, but when the next thing occurs that causes the entire sports world to pause again. I just, it doesn't seem like we're out of, out of the woods on any front. Um, good stuff, guys. You know, I, I, I just curious, Steve, if you had anything else to add before we move on from this topic, um, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, it's, Everything you guys said was so eloquent. I mean, from the fact that the players using their their voices. And look, I think the NBA has really led the way on this, and the NBA's always been more mm-hmm. outspoken because the players. It's have interesting, the Lions contract. on Tuesday. Not to cut you off, but it isn't is interesting. The Lions on Tuesday sort of were the first ones to to react. I, I did find that right. kind of compelling. You know what I mean? A team led right. by Matt Patricia was the first one to to act. Right, and this is a team where before we heard that Matt Patricia wasn't listening to his players, so. I mean, you know, that's, you know, to, to get to the point you talked about where coach is being in a different place. I mean, that's that's a great step. And we're seeing teams like the Carolina Panthers using their stadium as a polling place. And, you know, one of the cities where gerrymandering has been highlighted for years, and I think where gerrymandering has been highlighted for years. Um, it's just, again, you know, to hear Devin McCourty yesterday, the Patriots, though. Oh, yep. Um, it was gutting. And um, for him to say that, you know, even if we do miss games or do this, there's just so many people who still won't care about black and brown lives. Um, and he, he over and over he talked about the hopelessness. But this is where hopefully some of these people understand. If you've got a 10-year-old son or daughter who says, uh, hey, Dad, how come they're not playing NBA games tonight? He's got to answer them something. And this is where they're either going to direct their children um, to seeing the world through a straw of white privilege or hate, or they're going to say, well, listen, they're, they're not playing because, you know, we've seen this summer, a lot of black people, unarmed black people have been killed by police and blah, 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 and explain some of the social dynamics where even Eight years from now, when that child is there not, has an opportunity to vote or to do something, they can grow up with a different type of mindset. So that's why I'm, look, as a 54-year-old man saying, you know, we, we, we just can't give up. It's frustrating as it is. As many times as we say nothing is happening. Like what Bruce Arians um, said, hey, protesting, I've been doing it since the 60s. Nothing's coming out of it. I think a lot of people took uh, his words the wrong way because Bruce Arians – Frankly, is about it. Uh, it. It is about it. I mean, he's done. He's done more for you know integrating his coaching staff with people of color and women than anybody so far by light years. And and, and so just because we're not seeing short term results, which we all want, doesn't mean that the steps players and coaches and teams are taking um, isn't working. Yeah, Arians pointed right. to 1967 and 1968 because he was on the ground back then too, and like he was a, an educator and a teacher before he became a coach. So I hear you on that front too. All right, let's uh, move on. And before we do, Mark, I talked to one head coach. What what do you got going on up there, Mark? What's going on at Sessler Manor? Well, I'm just saying, I talked to one I, like, head because coach? first of all, I like wait. This is back in the day, or re- 
No, yeah, this was years ago. Me acting like I oh. like do this all the time is what I'm trying to say. Is it was an unusual occurrence for me to be speaking with a head coach, but the conversation but you did you left it you left it vague enough to make mm. it seem like maybe you picked up the phone yesterday and you're like, you know what, I you know this is a sensitive time in the country. I need to hear from one of the 32. I know on this show that that would have that comment would be followed up on, so I it wouldn't stay vague for pre- long. I'm guessing it was after a couple pops uh, in in Indianapolis. Some, well, uh, wrong city, been... but you're not wrong on the other. Part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was actually a verbalized tweet by Mark. That was well, that was very well done. So open ended. Props to you right there, brother. There you go, Greg. It was. Uh, it was a right pub, wrong stool. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Uh, talk about ah, all right. The Washington Post on Wednesday reported additional examples of workplace sexual harassment inside the Washington football team organization. There are allegations that Dan Snyder, the team owner, was personally involved. Now watch out now. Watch out now. The Post reported a former cheerleader saying Snyder invited her to a hotel room with one of his friends and that longtime team executive, Larry Michael, how about this dude, made extra cheerleading videos for the owner showing sensitive material that wasn't made public. Snyder released a statement denying those specific allegations and saying he was unaware of the in- incidents until now. Uh, Greg, <laughs> you know, the league... Quick, you know, quickly came out with a statement said we're going to investigate all of this. The allegations are abhorrent and all that. When the Post, which obviously is a source to be trusted, continues to have this avalanche of material, and now Snyder is personally implicated, it potentially changes the outcome of this organizational reboot. Yeah, I was really confused by a lot of the public statements, and that and that's what we can go off. I guess you know if we want to just stick to strict reporting the the nfl statement you know said how aggressively they condone the behavior the behavior of whom whom? greg they didn't name the team right and uh i i i i also think of whom the person because the behavior that was alleged was the owner you know he he was at the top of the alleged behavior So, so that's part of it then you look at the Washington football team's statements, and and part of it was stronger than it was uh, a few weeks ago, that the the team said the behavior had no place in our society. Snyder said at one point he takes full responsibility because he's in charge of the organization. But then the rest of the statement went on to aggressively attack the victim condoning the behavior. It also went on to say how much better that they need to be as an organization while saying they denied all the allegations. So why do you need to be better if if you're denying the allegations? It's very confusing. And then on top of all of those statements, you have a confusing investigation that's going on that the NFL used the word independent, but ultimately the investigation is is. Uh, hired out by the team. And you you add that all up, and, and Jason Wright, had, their new team president, had a great statement on that, but it, it it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with, and it makes it, – it's discouraging, and it's discouraging for Wright. Like, I thought about this when they announced him, and everyone was excited about the progress, and they should be. But I also thought, well, you know what – Ron be, Rivera. 
you know what? You know it'd be great um, if the first black team president isn't um, having to defend the indefensible in, on some level within a week of of getting the job. That that he got a job that that it wouldn't require that. Well, I mean, if, if he came to that organization, didn't think he was going to be right. He knew what he was walking into. Yeah, I mean, Jason, Jason knew what he was coming into. I mean, this is this is an organization that's had misstep after misstep, but this is awful um, in terms of you know additional allegations. But you're right. Who's going to be investigating this? Okay, is, if this is, I mean, just think about how much he, the league took. You know, when when it hired the independent investigator to investigate Bountygate. And just like how much of the supposed evidence, I mean, it seems so skewed in some cases. Like, okay, so the NFL ended up lacking credibility because it hired its own in-house investigators. And we saw the punishment was like Sean Payton getting suspended for a year and some of the, the punishment handed down significantly seemed to outweigh the evidence that this independent investigation was able to to get its mm. hands on. And so what what's going to happen here? I mean, suppose this independent investigation finds out all these incendiary things that Dan Snyder was accused of. Okay, what, what's the recommendation? What's the result? Yeah, what's the result? Right, what's, the re- what's the result? Are we going to – should he sell the team? He's getting sued okay. by his minority owners essentially right now. That was a big part right of the now. report. I mean, and that's part of what they want is for him to sell the team. The, another two, There's two more interesting turns on this. My, my former employer, the Washington Post, um, you know, Daniel Snyder accused them – of this being a hit job, right? Who owns the Washington Post, guys? Jeff Bezos. Uh, Jeff Bezos, of course. Mm. Correct. Well, who's the number one name you hear as, as, as someone that the league would love to have owning an NFL team? So it was almost like uh, Snyder mm. was accusing, okay, this is an intentional hit job to undermine me so Bezos can get his hands on my ball club. Man, it's okay. complex. And, and, and so there, there, there's so many layers. And I, I don't think that's the case at all. Again, working for the Washington Post, they're good, they are aggressive. When they see improprieties and they get – this is what we've done. I've done investigative stories for the Washington Post. This is the Watergate Washington Post. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're, if you're up to something bad, like they're going to report it, and they're not going to de- deny. And they've um, done a lot of reporting okay. on Snyder over the years. Right. And the secondary part of that, my, my dear friend, the columnist, Sally Jenkins, who if she decides to sharpen a knife to come after you, you're toast. <laughs> the column that she wrote about that, first off, the lead was probably the most incredible lead I have ever read that had something to do with the NFL is basically getting its just due for not scraping Daniel Snyder off the bottom of its shoe. And I was like, Whoa, all right, this is not going to go well the rest of the way for Daniel Snyder. But she's saying she, she's putting so much blame on the other owners in the NFL for not holding him to a higher standard before, um, because of course they had to know some of these things. We don't know how much they knew, but this could have far-reaching implications if more and more mm-hmm. of this continues to shine. And how that organization on the field this year has to function with all of this going on. If you're a player there, you have to be like, what, like. What is going on? <laughs> right. So yeah. Ron Rivera, the job Ron Rivera has to do while he's also battling an illness um, is just going to be absolutely. I, I mean, this is you're you're climbing the Himalayas with toothpicks right here, right now. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned to what comes next with the Washington football team. I don't get the vibe that the Washington Post is done yet.
I don't think they're ever done. In other news, let's move on to some football news. Uh, We'll spin through an update around our league. Bad news for the Eagles, who continue to take hits on their offensive line. They place second-year left tackle Andre Dillard on injured reserve with torn biceps. Unbelievable uh, setback for the team that had already lost right guard Brandon Brooks to an Achilles uh, earlier this summer. Uh, Dillard, the number two overall pick in last year's draft. He was a little up and down, Mark, but he was the guy they were counting on a lot uh, to protect Carson Wentz's blind side. And now they're talking about maybe moving Jason Peters back to left tackle, the guy that they obviously weren't in a rush to bring back in the first place, and they were going to play him at guard. This is not a good situation in Philly. Well, they're very lucky they brought him back for the guard role initially because they would be in serious hot water otherwise. I mean – if I want to look in a weird year like this at teams that I could start to rule out, and I'm not talking about the Eagles at this point, but it is banged up or totally insufficient offensive lines. And they they went from solid to extremely questionable in the course of a couple months. And it just, you know, I think teams that get out to a slow start and then you see what the chaos that could unfold this season, uh, I don't like the chances for in a run-heavy early part of the year if you can't protect your quarterback and blow holes open for runners. I just don't like it at all for the, Eagles. I mean, they, they, they have the worst injury luck year after year. I mean, I was, we were just talking about it last week. It's like a, their season doesn't get going until they lose a few keep starters. So they they lose an all pro and Brandon Brooks. And now they lose their left tackle first round pick. I think Who's, though they, they've got he turns 25 this year, that first round pick. He's not, right. you know, young either. I, I think they've gone from excellent on paper, maybe the best, most talented offensive line in the league, or certainly one of them, um, to solid. At least that's what they're hoping. That I think if Peters can stay healthy, he was okay last year. He just was banged up, and they want to move to the young guy, that they could be solid. But it's got to be disappointing. The Eagles' injury luck is now like four years running. The numbers back it up, the, the, the starts that they've missed from good players. Well, they're missing just... those Chip Kelly shakes, and, you know, that's that's, that's <laughs> well, I was going to say, I've, I've seen this happen in other sports. The Yankees did it last year, fired their entire training staff because everybody got hurt, and then the new staff is on retainer now, and everyone got hurt again. I imagine the Eagles have tried everything they could to try to reverse this trend, but maybe it is simply simply bad luck. Um, who knows? In other news, the New York Jets, it's been another nice week for football fans and our Jets fans to point and laugh at my team because <laughs> it's been a rough week, Greg especially, enjoying himself. I, wait, uh, what did I say? I didn't say anything. <laughs> ah, what did I say? I know. I know you're enjoying the Jets first well, I'm team. I'm enjoying Frank Gore rising up that depth chart. You better believe it. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. it's Frank Gore season because it's August, and people are going to say nice things about Frank Gore, who has looked very good according to all beat reporters. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. Didn't play much in the wipeout scrimmage where the Jets B team beat the Jets A team soundly, shut them out, according to the beat writers. After the practice, Adam Gase uh, reported or told the reporters that, yeah, we kind of took it easy with Bell, didn't use him too much because he had some uh, hamstring tightness. And then Le'Veon Bell heads over to Twitter, says there's nothing wrong with my hamstrings. I can't stay uh, loose if I'm not on the field. And the circus car goes round and round and round. Steve Weish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when Lev Bell came out, it was like, uh, hey, Adam Gase, uh, I'm good to go. I want to play. Um, you know, this is a weird one, though, because coaches, he knows he's probably going to have to give Lev Bell the ball 477,000 times this year, so he's trying to preserve him. But, I mean, where, where's the communication here? 
Yeah. I mean, once again, you, you immediately say, here's Adam Gase and a star player, not seeing eye to eye. We saw it in Miami. We saw it with the Jets. This is an easy conversation. Hey, Lev, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna work you that much during practice. When I say I'm not working that much, here's your specifics I'm gonna give you. So just roll with it instead of kind of going like this. And maybe Lev is is, is feeling the footsteps of a Frank Gore. I mean, a there, there's gotta be a text thread out there with like Kenyon Drake and Lev Bell and others that are you know like, that had gone through the Gase experience and, and my my concern Dan like from the positive angle that I see with the Jets please tell me your concern with the Jets because well I no know there oh, are no many concerns I hear you I hear Go you ahead. I, don't, I don't root for a stalwart dynasty either but uh, you know Joe Douglas is the thing I think you have going into the future and is is are Gase and Joe Douglas on the same page with this or this does this turn into great question a, another deal right like more distant like, and you don't want to have Douglas get for swept Adam out Gase's, in the middle of this. He just traded for Adam Gase's running back so that you but know Kalen Balaj. so that makes you think like either Gase is making personnel moves or at least that's uh, my question Joey Did Joe, listen to him. Would Joe Douglas ever been like let's go trade for Kalen I mean really like I think Joe Douglas is making different types of moves than that in general but well, I, I would hope that any GM coach setup has some level of communication. And if if Gase likes Bellagio and his 1.8 yards per carry last year, bring him into the building. Why not? Surrender a draft pick if you must. Get him in the building. Uh, I Now that Mark brought up the head coach thing, I got to you know get into the game. And I talked to some people after the uh, Joe Douglas hiring, and it was a little overblown in the media how close Joe Douglas and Adam Gase are. They worked together for a brief period of time. Uh, I believe in Chicago, and they are not married to each other. And I, I would think, listen, I got to be honest with you, like Le'Veon Bell, he's in great shape, uh, they're saying, and maybe he's going to have a great year, but I am just exhausted by this er- mini era that includes Adam Gase and Le'Veon Bell, and I don't know if either of these guys are the future of the franchise, uh, to be quite honest with you, beyond 2020. So to see them squabbling again uh, in the press is just all kinds of exhausting for me because there are other aspects of the organization that I am excited about, uh, the quarterback, um, the defensive line, uh, the idea of uh, their defense trying to figure it out without C.J. Mosley and Jamal Adams. But this is not what I'm excited about, and it's just, just ta- a, it's such a grind. It's such a grind. Just talk to him. Try to talk to your players. I think he was trying to do him a favor of like not embarrassing him that he's not right. getting all the steps, but it's just like – Gase doesn't get it. That's that, it's not who he is. Gase. That's the problem. He doesn't. He doesn't understand that an important part of the job is communication and being on the same page with your players before you go to a press conference and tell reporters about the hamstring thing. Have that talk with Bell so he doesn't run to Twitter and get upset because Bell will go to Twitter. We know that. Ah, yeah. I was about to say it's not. It's not like Lev Bell's. You know, in a, you know, somebody who could get obnoxious at times on social media. <laughs> <laughs> right. I can't wait for his Adam Gase uh, diss track on his next album. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> yep. It's coming. <laughs> is there a any way that banger. he gets – is there any way – Woozy Banger that he gets moved? Yes. I, I was thinking that. All that. Along, I'm glad yeah. you brought that With up. With Belage like, in the building are, now. No guarantee like, money odds? after this year. So it's right. like – it's very tradable. If a team got into hot water, you know, in at the running back position – you're paying them this year, and then you can do what you want after. If someone wants to give up a sixth for Love Bell, I bet they could just go get him before, before camp. Or I, I, I'm with you. It wouldn't shock me if Love Bell's on a different team. Joe D point. got a third rounder for Leonard Williams last year. That guy stinks. Oh, please. Leonard Williams. I want a mid-round pick for Love Bell. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Buda Baker got paid. 
The Cardinal safety signed a four-year, $50 million, $59 million extension. Don't want to shorten that nine mil. The 24-year-old is now the highest-paid safety in league history. Good job by Buda Baker, who was a second-round pick in 2017. Led all safeties and tackles uh, last season. Uh, he could cover. He could tackle. He's a guy you want in your building, Steve Weish. And now the Arizona Cardinals have locked him up. Yeah, he's a, he's a really, really good player. And for what they ask their safeties to do, especially this year, because you remember they drafted Isaiah Simmons. He's going to play that mo inside linebacker, kind of the strong side inside linebacker that they could stack over tight end if they need be. Buda Baker's going to be responsible for an awful lot on the back end, whether mm. they play him free, whether they bring him down. And we know in this division, when you've got all kinds of running backs who can catch the ball out of the backfield, that's an important position. But but this also goes to show you, I mean, Arizona Cardinals, first off, they're not really paying a ton of people. They don't have to pay Kyler Murray yet. Um, you know, the DeAndre Hopkins contract is coming. But to secure a young player on your de- defensive nucleus, which they really haven't done since Patrick Peterson, we know Chandler Jones is there as well. That's a really good start because that secondary has the potential to be pretty good this year. You know, Robert Alford, the corner, got hurt again, but they've got some pieces. You know, I talked to Vance Joseph from time mm. to time. They're, they're, they're pretty – Another coach whisperer here. There we go. But they uh, <laughs> you know, but they really feel pretty good about their defense. The problem last year when they were so terrible is that secondary, uh, it was never together. Pat Peace, you know, Peterson suspended six games. Alfred got hurt again last year. I think they've got a pretty good nucleus right there. And if they can get the ball over to Kyla Murray from time to time, they really think they can be a pretty good team. I think he just represents the kind of player that we're starting to see where the positionless player, I guess, on defense where right. Baker played, you know, safety, but he played outside linebacker, inside linebacker, edge defender, right cornerback, left cornerback. I and mean, you go look at his next gen stats breakdown. I mean, he's did everything essentially. And that's, you know, we used to say, well, Bill Belichick loves those players. Well, by the way, so do 31 other coaches. So, you know, well, they got to know the- how to use them. Well, oh no, no, wait. There, there's one we were just talking about him who doesn't. Oh, that, okay. One of the well, Jets he, don't like that type of player, so yeah. <laughs> no, nah, he doesn't want that guy. 30 other <laughs> he, like, he likes him some Kellen Bellage. It is, <laughs> it is telling the Baker Bellagio, got that money. everybody in. <laughs> Baker got that money. Pat Pete didn't. Pat Pete, uh, probably a future Hall of Famer, is in a contract year. To me, he could be kind of the, the X factor with that team. If you get old Pat Pete in a, in a contract sort of push as an all pro type player, then watch out. If you get last year's Pat Pete after the after um, the injury, where he's just kind of he was out there, he was a guy. Um, then they're a different team. So that's kind it's of like, something to, to watch. Early. Are you going to get? Are you going to get old Pat Pete? Or are you going to get old right. Pat Pete? Right. <laughs> right. Well done. <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, issues for the Browns on defense. Mark, they already lost the linebacker Mac Wilson uh, to that knee injury. It's going to cost them a lot of time and. Now they've moved Grant Delpit, the safety to injured reserve after he ruptured his Achilles in Monday's practice. Uh, so you're losing some pieces of that defense, Mr. Sessler. Well, this pairs well with the previous news item because I, you, Joe Woods, when they lost Delpit, they invested highly in the draft. They had big plans for him. He basically said, look, we, it was an honest comment. We don't have anyone else on the roster that can do what we had him to do. And the Browns linebacking core in front of the secondary is is so questionable that they were talked about as a team that was going to run a lot of like four two five as their base, like five and six defensive backs and using Delpit all over the field. He's gone. Uh, they they've got Anderson Deho. You got Carl Joseph, a different type of player. 
Sheldrick Redwine, who they drafted, basically it's sort of saying, I think they keep trying to find someone who's not Sheldrick Redwine. So they, they have issues. They're one of the more banged up teams in the league right now. Um, it's, it's been a long couple of weeks for them. And I, I think that, you know, they've got the Ravens in about 16 days or whatever it is. Don't like that matchup a whole lot. <laughs> in other news, the league, our league, is considering fake crowd noise range in the range of 70 to 85 decibels. All right, I'm going to give you – here's 75 I knew decibels. what that was. Okay. I'll tell you right now. This is 75 decibels. La, 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 la. Here's 85 <laughs> decibels. La, 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 la. <laughs> okay. So they're yodeling. Anyway, so, in the, okay. Did you test that out beforehand? Yeah. How do you know yes. this? Yeah. That's okay. that's science, Greg. As the source explained to PFT, the sound level likely would be constant throughout the game, regardless of whether the home team or the visiting team has the ball. Uh, Florio reached out to the league and a spokesman replied, we are finalizing plans. Weiss, where do you come down on la, 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 la? <laughs> Uh, I've actually had experience with that, having gone to the Rams scrimmage at the new SoFi Stadium last Saturday. And it's weird because, as we know, the new stadium is near the airport. So I kept on saying to my photographer at the game, are there that many jets landing? Because it seemed it's it's like white noise. Think of poltergeist. And for those not young enough to know, go back and Google it. It's like the static sound. That you're constantly hearing, right? You can speak to the person next to you without yelling, but you just notice there's someone there. So Sean McVay, after the game, was like, that is the worst thing possible, right? Because you do have to scream a little bit. It's where the quarterback has to, you know, give give you some noise about his play calls. Um, Cooper Cup, the wide receiver, says he never really thought about it, but then once he recognized it, it was it was just something you thought about. I mean, they'll have to get hmm. used to it, but it's a very peculiar sound. Now, the Rams Stadium it? had well, like, why are they doing it? I don't are they understand. locked into that? Why not Can not they... do it? How about right. not? I don't, do I, don't, it? I don't. I don't think they're locked into it. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's something to give cover to mic'd up. You know, because some of the language. I don't know. It's going to happen. Whatever. It's just like I didn't necessarily mind it. Again, because I could have a conversation three feet away or six feet away, I should say, from my photographer. Gosh, you're probably more than that without screaming. But you you knew it was there. And like I said, I, I'm thinking it's planes landing overhead. But as you know, there's not that much air traffic these days. So it was just a really weird sound. Again, just go back and read some of the transcripts of Sean McVeigh. He was like, this is hmm. the worst. Well, because the no, one's ever solution. Done, no one's ever done it before either. It's kind of like the fake noise that they're – doing for the broadcast for the nba games which is bad it's if you were better at it maybe i would be into it but it's like why is this weird bad freight fake crowd noise that doesn't sound like a real crowd and it ends up distracting the viewer now the players aren't hearing that in the actual nba stadiums, but it just goes to show like no one's ever done any of this stuff before of course I, it, they're bad at it they don't know I, what they're doing i wouldn't mind if they added like a laugh track if like something <laughs> <laughs> like a bad play, or you know, let's let's just maximize. Jared this Goff game. like fumbles the ball. Just, ha 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 ha! But here, but here's the, the other part. Of it. Here's the other part. Of it. What what happens when you go to those stadiums that have twenty thousand people in it? I mean, Fine. is it all? Is it is it? Are you still using it? Right. I mean, 
What's the deal? What about I, dome stadiums compared to open stadiums? I mean, how is that going to work? So I love your theory about they're super quietly nervous about the parabolic mic situation because oh, it's going to be wild. You know, the language is saucy uh, in all oh, the, professional oh, sports, but at a football game, especially on the sidelines, on a tackle, you know, there's some stuff being shared. Yeah, but Dan, those don't always work. Um, Brown Steelers. You know, there's it could always be malfunctions. I just wanted to say parabolic. That's that all. Good. That was for uh, you, other injury news. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Rap sheet reports that uh, running back David Montgomery is expected to miss two to four weeks uh, with that groin injury. People thought it could have been season ending when he was uh, taken off the practice field uh so it's better news than initially feared but still not a great situation puts them right up against week one bears lions all right matt Nagy, you, you we they gave you the uh, coach of the year award let's let's see this offense be watchable and um or else they might have to take that award away you know it's like we might have been a little premature here if, if this offense is as boring as i'm fearing it's going to be uh <laughs> I don't know. We were a little too quick on Nagy. Well, before before the uh, the pandemic shut us down in the studio, Kyle Long, the now retired Bears guard, uh, was very open about what the Bears have to do in this offense. It doesn't function well unless you run the ball. So mm-hmm. last year, the offensive line wasn't good. Dave Montgomery did not have that explosiveness. You know, everyone was talking about his open field speed. He didn't have the get off the ball type speed. And then Tariq Cohen, they were playing him more. At wide receiver, when I when I saw Montgomery go down, my big question was, what is going on with Devontae Freeman? Is to where nobody is giving him a call? I mean, he he's still out there. There's still some guys out there, and this is he would fit the scheme well. So I I don't know what's going on. You know what? Left bell, left bell. No, there, you there go. we go. There we go. There we go, Dan. Let's do it. I'm fine. That's fine. <laughs> Just give me a first round pick. And yeah. uh, we'll roll. You know Ryan no, Pace me, will pay me a third. maximum maximum amounts. He he doesn't exactly <laughs> win trades. I don't think. So. I just want to I want to say because there was some that was some shots you're taking there, Greg at Matt Nagy. I would have loved to see how people were talking about Nagy entering 2020 if Patrick Mahomes was his quarterback instead of Mitch Trubisky. That's fair. But. And I thought Nagy did an incredible job. That was always my argument against Trubisky um, during his better year in 2018 was. This is all scheme. These guys are wide open. And that is why Nagy won won the award. Um, so so to to be fair, maybe it'll look a little better if, if Nick Foles is behind. Quickly, center. quickly on that. Go back and watch some Bears tape. You will see Allen Robinson running right, wide right, open right. all the time. Right. They just didn't get him the ball, which sucks because that guy is a hell of a player. Hmm. Uh, real quick, the Giants defense, which already looks on paper to be bad, lost uh, two starters, Xavier McKinney and David Mayo, both McKinney, the rookie safety, fractured left foot, uh, Mayo torn meniscus in his left knee. He started 13 games for the team last season, both believed to be non-contact injuries. Greg, uh, you've been banging the drum a little bit on the pod that the Giants have major deficiencies on the other side of the ball where Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are not playing. This is not getting better. Right. On paper, I think that's the worst defense in the league, just in terms of talent. Uh, and they were the worst. They were one of the worst defense in the league last year. You know, in reality, they have a new coordinator, Patrick Graham. Um, you know, White Weish is going to be doing total access a little later. I mean, you're not getting into David May- Mayo and McKinney on total access. We bring you the real stuff. 
No, we only we talk about the Cowboys and Patriots. Um, but, but I mean, you know, it's fun when I look at the Giants, and, and it was real cool because you know uh, NFL Films did this film session where he's watching film with Barry Sanders. You know, they're eating the popcorn in the, in the film breakdown studio, and that's what I think his career is going to be likened to. One of the mm. best running backs, most talented players in the NFL right now, is going to be doing it on a team that's never going to get anywhere. Um, and, and it's just, look, it happens. It happened to Walter Payton until the end of his career. He played on some god-awful teams with the Bears. And you just hope, like, someone as remarkable as Saquon Barkley gets something around him. But I look at the Giants, and I'm thinking they are the leaders of the pack. And, Mark, you and I have been joking about this with the Lions because you're on their, their you're on the train, and I definitely am not. But, <laughs> I mean, the Giants, to me, are already on the clock. Mm. They don't need Trevor Lawrence, but they're going to hold. They're going to hold. They could hold a piece, you know, for somebody to come up to get him. Because I look at their talent, and I'm just kind of like, man, I, I feel horrible for for Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. Yeah, like I, I, we have to cover all these teams, obviously, nonstop all year long. And if you if you weren't doing that, you jump you jump out quick on a few. And I just I get annoyed with with a team like the Giants. It's like, hey, here's a great idea. Let's not have an identity on defense for nine straight years. I, Okay, that's one way you can attack the NFL season. Come on, guys. In other news, finally, in fact, good news. The father of Bengals cornerback Mackenzie Alexander has been found alive in Florida, according to officials. Gene Odney Alexander was found Thursday morning after he walked up to a ranger station in Kissimmee Prairie Preserve State Park. Uh... This is a paragraph I want to read to you guys because it's a pretty wild story, okay? So I'm just going to read this whole paragraph. Uh, This is from an ESPN staff writer. Alexander, and he has a different spelling than his son's name. So there's the first thing that's like, oh, okay. Um, Was reported missing on Monday, according to police records. Alexander was picking palmetto berries with a friend he had known for more than 10 years when he disappeared in the woods around 2 p.m. Monday. Authorities were not able to ping Alexander's exact location because he did not have a cell phone. That's interesting, too. It's 2020. No cell phone. Alexander, the player, left Bengals camp and aid to search for his father. On Tuesday, Alexander and another man were arrested on misdemeanor battery charge after allegedly hitting the man who went berry picking with his father. So Alexander, the son, dealing with legal issues, the father safe and sound. That is a weird story. I don't even know what to say to it. It just it felt like it should be in the show. It was just like I read that story. I was following it all week. I'm so, you know, you're happy for him that he that he found his dad. He's going to be a key part of that secondary, Mackenzie Alexander, by the way. But it was nice to have a, a happy ending. But it was just like, wow, you don't see a story like that too often. I don't know. I it, it was it was pretty wild. I will tell you one time that I this came to mind when I read this because Dan, you're right. The story struck me. There's as, nothing to say. Why about is this it? in the news? Nobody yeah. has anything to say about it, but you yeah, wanted to do. It I in thought the news, about though. it. I just put it. I just it was very, like, very true detective. Very true detective. It, it was just like it was just like, hey, hey, our listeners, they might not be aware of this one. I just thought yeah, they should be. There was this one time okay. though that I went hiking alone, uh, like off the PCH, you know, up in I don't know if it's like the Santa Monica Mountains or whatever, and. Uh, parked the car, brought a fully charged cell phone with me, got like an hour into the hike, 
And my, it was one, it's like when you get to the end of a cell phone and it's about to die, the thing died on me. And I thought, no problem. I'll just have to get back to the car. Then I realized, holy shit, I am totally lost. I took like five or six left and right turns, had no idea where I was. It was now like six or seven o'clock. And I told Simone, you know, I'll be home at four. And mm. so there's, there's that. And like, you know, it's no follow-up call. I can't be reached that you can't ping that phone, I guess. And I've, I've managed, I've stumbled upon some weird campsite uh, that was a, a next to the PCH. I got out to the PCH and realized that I was about nine miles uh, or so yeah. far up the PCH. I had no idea where it was. It was dark out. The PCH was under heavy construction. And I walked for like three more hours until I got to this sort of fish and chips place along the PCH and had to convince the manager at closing time. I had to sit in the parking lot for two hours. I had no money on me. Uh, to go drive me back to my car, uh, which was up, you know, three miles away up a hill. And then I drove home and got home at like, like 12.45 in the morning. And Simone was just like, what is going on here? And so, you know, don't, don't you wouldn't do have that. gotten that story, Dan. See, don't do that. Gotten- and that, and that, you know, I, whenever I can tack seven unnecessary minutes onto the show, I will do it. So. Yeah. Something tells me there was a little bit more. <laughs> To this story than your than your great adventure, which actually sounds quite harrowing. Uh, yeah. We'll leave One it note there. is that he, Mark had used that excuse six times previously to Simone. No, about this was I, I legit walked like fifteen miles. I took lost the next in the day woods off again, work. honey. All right. Well, I'm not going to win this. One. Honey, yeah, I'm lost. Unsolved mysteries. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, we're glad you made it out, Mark. You took the next day off. You're working at the NFL, right? Right. It was like about a month into my the job, and I had like both my legs were like, you know, if you haven't really exercised in like six months and suddenly you walk 15 miles, the next day is unpleasant. We know that. <sighs> that is incredible. All right. He's like, get oh. me back to TA. I want to put that suit on and drive into the Culver. Oh, my God. I just can't wait till his wife uses that excuse on him. Yeah. All right. Steve, Steve, you've said it all. You've done it again. You're one of our very favorite people. You know, a lot of people say that about Steve because Steve is one of those guys that everybody loves. But we love Steve a little bit more. I'm just going to say it. Yes. Well, and you know I love you guys. You guys are the absolute best, man. Totally appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Steve. All right, great. Check out Steve everywhere on NFL Network, um, NFL.com. He's the man. All right, that's it, everybody. Remember the uh, broadcast, around the NFL broadcast is coming up uh, Friday, the streaming version on NFL.com. Saturday morning, it's on the network, so make sure you check it out. Support the show. We love you. Everybody have a nice uh, weekend. Eat your palmetto berries, but be careful. Bring a compass with you. Or at least the cell phone. Stan Hansen signing off for Steve Weiss, The Quiet Storm, The Old Boss, and Ricky Hollywood. Wild. Until Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I got to change the oil in my car. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic with an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for only $36.99. What do I do with my old oil? We can recycle your used oil for free. And do you have oil for my old work truck? You can find the right high mileage oil to help it go farther right here at AutoZone. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply.